Welcome to the Course Change Podcast. My name is Thor Chalgren, and every week I love sharing with you stories of people who have made a dramatic career change. We talk about the challenges they faced, the lessons they learned, and the success they found on their own unique journey. Over the course of my own life, I've worked in multiple industries, from startups to corporations. The common factor in my work experience, the ability to adapt to change. If you're looking for insights and inspiration to thrive during change, you'll be glad you listened. Welcome to today's edition of the Course Change Podcast, which I have titled, Perspectives Gained After Being Run Over by a Semi-Truck. Yes, I was almost run over by a semi-truck. This is a true story. This actually happened to me. I am a few weeks away from the 30th anniversary of getting run over by a semi-truck. I don't normally consider anniversaries for occasions like that, more reserved for birthdays and wedding anniversaries. But I was thinking about this story, which I knew I wanted to tell for the podcast, and I realized, oh my gosh, this happened almost 30 years ago. The reason I want to share this story is, as I said in the title, there were perspectives I gained from this day. And there are things that have stuck with me my whole life. And I look back at that day, even though it was 30 years ago, and so many of the moments and situations just stood out to me. And I've shared it with people over the years. And I think I've refined my own sense of what it meant to me. But there are three perspectives that I want to share with you today on what happened that day and what I took out of it. So let me set up the story for you. At the time, I was dating my girlfriend who would later go on to become my wife. For the purposes of this story, I'm going to say wife, but just think girlfriend. At the time, we had been dating maybe four months, and this event happened to us on a Saturday morning on Labor Day weekend. I think it was around eight o'clock in the morning. We had been driving from Los Angeles up to Fresno to go see my wife's aunt. We had been dating since April and we had been away before together, but this was the first time we'd gone up to Fresno to see her aunt who was very close to her. So I think this was kind of analogous to meeting the parents, that sort of thing. I don't think I'd met her aunt before that. Anyway, we're driving up to Fresno on Highway 99. We were driving in my wife's Acura Legend, which is a two-door sedan with one sunroof at the beginning of the trip. I'll get to that in a moment. This car is built like a tank. They don't still make it. I think it was later on replaced by the RL, but a similar size car, very strong, sturdy car. Anyway, we're on Highway 99 north of Bakersfield. I think this is like a two-lane highway. Maybe there are places where it's three. Anyway, there's a lot of trucks on this highway. The Central Valley, if you don't know California, there's a lot of agriculture in this area. I mean, that's essentially 100% of what there is in the Central Valley. So there are trucks that go between Los Angeles and this highway goes from Fresno on up to Sacramento. So we're on Highway 99. We're driving in the right lane, doing the speed limit, which was, I think, probably 65 or 70. We were in the right lane because 
about a week or two before my wife had made this trip. And I feel like I remember this. I don't know if she would agree that she had gotten a speeding ticket or maybe she just got pulled over. So we were very conscious of not going faster than the speed limit. If it were now, I totally, with all these trucks, I don't care what the speed limit is. I'm going to drive at whatever speed I need to, to stay safe. So trucks are passing us. We're in the right lane and we're reaching the exit on Highway 99 that's south of Delano, the little town of Delano. I think it's the Wasco exit. And I remember this from the depositions and the lawsuits and all of that. That's called foreshadowing. I'm telling you where this is going. We're in that right lane and both of us were aware of a truck passing us on our left. And the truck was about level with our car. His front wheel was level with our car. And both of us later on would say that we remember that moment and remember feeling uncomfortable in that moment. In fact, one of the interesting things that came out of this was both of us had that feeling before the moment I'm going to describe happened. And we had this feeling that we should get out of this lane. It wasn't safe. So as a side takeaway, when you have those little moments where you have this intuition or something, pay attention to it because we did not pay attention to it. We stayed in the right lane where we clearly were not safe. And the universe was trying to tell us, get out of that lane, but we didn't. So the truck coming up on our left, we can see the wheel. And in the next moment, he turns right into us. I want to pause for an important safety tip. Always avoid passing any trucks on their right side. If you are on the highway and you think it's a good idea to pass a truck on the right side, please reconsider that and do not allow a truck to pass you on the right or pass them on the right because it's hard for them to see you, which is what happened here. The truck turns into us. For the next three to four seconds, we begin spinning around. He basically drove over the top of us. His wheel goes up over the car. I was conscious the whole time of us spinning around. I could hear metal being torn. I could hear the scraping of the car down onto the pavement. I could smell the wheels burning as they were ground into the pavement. We spun around and I so clearly remember thinking to myself, every second of that was going to be the last second of my life. That's how close I was. It, it was that feeling of I'm going to die any moment. And yet I didn't because after spinning around for several seconds, the truck pushed us over into the center guardrail and we managed to get basically squeezed into shooting straight out of the truck. And he tipped over. We go about a couple hundred yards ahead and slowly come to a stop at the guardrail. In that moment, the car is dead quiet, which is a contrast to the, all that chaos that had happened just seconds earlier. The next voice was my wife's and she said, we have to get out of the car. I feel like 
she might have said something like, because it's going to blow. Because, of course, whenever you see movies, anytime something like this happens to a car, it always blows up, right? Especially if it goes over the canyon, it, it always has to blow up. We didn't blow up. But she says, we have to get out. And that's when I noticed that the passenger window on my side, I'm on the right front passenger seat, that window is now a sunroof because the entire roof of the car had now been pushed down to the level of the seat tops. And if you think about that image, and I still don't know how this happened, if you imagine that, that the roof is at the level of the seat tops, you go, well, where was your head? And honestly, I don't know. Both of us, we think our seats went back. Maybe they got pushed down and we ducked. I don't know. But somehow the roof was at the seat tops and we escaped that. So now on my right, there is essentially a sunroof. We climbed through that. I don't know how. And people start coming up to us. There were people that were behind the truck who came to see if we needed help. We were so lucky that there was a off-duty nurse who knew what to do. She didn't want to give her name. I mean, even then, 30 years ago, probably thought she'll lend help, but she didn't want to be involved in the sense of what if she does something wrong and, you know, who knows. At any rate, she was so nice. And someone, maybe it was the nurse, notices that my wife's arm is bleeding. She had a gash on her arm, which we later realized was from a bottle of apple juice that we had in the car. Probably the bottle exploded or hit something and basically gashed her arm. So her arm is bleeding. She needs something to stop the bleeding. Without thinking, I instinctively decide to pull my t-shirt off over my head to use as a tourniquet. And this is my first perspective. I loved this t-shirt. <laughs> I had gotten it earlier that summer when we had a family reunion in Martha's Vineyard and I got this shirt. I thought it was so cool. I think it was orange or something like that. I don't think I would ever get it now. But at any rate, in 1990, this was my favorite t-shirt. But in that moment, it didn't matter what color the t-shirt was, whether it was my favorite or not. I just take it off and pull it over my head. And in the moment that I'm pulling it over my head, I can feel this pain in my shoulder. Later on, discovered that I had broken my shoulder. But when adrenaline is kicking in, doesn't matter. You do what you need to do. So the t-shirt comes off, stops the bleeding on her arm. And that is my first perspective is consider if it matters. When you're looking at something, ask if it matters. Did that t-shirt matter in the big picture? Of course not. It was a stupid t-shirt. And so for me, when I have situations like this, especially it's pretty easy if it's something that's an object, if it's a material thing, ask yourself, does it really matter? In this case, of course it didn't matter. So the ambulance arrives and they take us to Delano Regional Medical Center, which was the nearest hospital medical center. They begin to treat us, and I'll never forget this, the doctor who came in and was treating us, and we were kind of in the ER there, both side by side, the doctor hearing where we came from, they said, oh, th th these people were on Highway 99. He's like, oh my God. He says, 
I was driving to work when I saw that accident. And he said, when I saw what happened, I was certain those people did not survive. And we said, well, we're here. (laughs) It was one of those moments, the first time that I heard someone say that, that they essentially said, you should be dead. But we weren't. And so over the next couple of hours, they took care of us. They stitched up my wife's arm. She had a broken foot. I had a broken clavicle, which fortunately I could just put a sling on and that was fine. The worst part of all of this was because all of the glass, and maybe this is from the sunroof of the car, there's glass everywhere on your body. And all I will say is it was very uncomfortable when they would just say, okay, go into that bathroom there and just wash all the glass off yourself. Somehow, I guess I imagine that there would be a more elaborate procedure involving other people that would help get all the glass out of and off my body. But no, it's up to you to go into a shower. So we get stitched up there. We're on our way out, which really, when you think about it, the fact that we got run over by a semi truck and we went into the hospital and were essentially treated as outpatients and we were out within a couple of hours. It's miraculous. It's truly miraculous to me. So my wife's aunt has now driven down from Fresno to pick us up and we now have to go to where the car was being stored to get our things out of it because we've been told the car has been totaled, but we still had our suitcase and things like that in the car. So we wanted to go pick it up. We get to the storage facility nearby where they park the car for the time being. And for the first time, now that sort of the stress and the adrenaline is subsided, we can look at the car that we were in where we could have died. And I remember looking at the car thinking, this is crazy. How did we survive that? (laughs) I mean, that car that when you see the roof down crushed flat. It's astonishing. And here's perspective number two. Before all of this, before this whole accident, before the car basically was on its way to being totaled, the car had a little scratch on it. And that little scratch annoyed my wife, as probably most of us. If we had something like that on our car, that's all we would see, right? You see a little scratch and you go, ah, that just bothers me. The car was pristine before that, but now it's got this little scratch. And it was something that she talked about wanting to get fixed. But I looked at the car standing there with my arm in a sling and we're all covered in bandages and stuff. I look at the car, which is basically crushed like a Bud Light can you would throw in the recycling bin. And I remember saying, well, I guess you don't have to worry about that scratch anymore. (laughs) And I think I've always sort of had that sense of humor that I can look at a difficult situation and try and find some silver lining in it. But the perspective in that moment that I took away from it was consider the big picture. In the big picture, does a little scratch matter? Like even if we hadn't had this accident and the car hadn't been totaled, does that little scratch matter? I mean, maybe it does. Maybe if your car is so important to you, and I'm not saying it wasn't the case of my wife, but let's say you have a possession and that possession means so much to you and something happens to the possession. Maybe it's something that matters to you and you get 
upset about it, but I would ask, consider the big picture and ask, does that really matter? We get our stuff out of the car and we continue on up to Fresno. And my wife's aunt makes us dinner. And I have to tell you, that dinner was the best meal I've ever had in my life. Before that and after that, nothing has ever been better. And this was not a meal that was elaborate or fancy by any means. This was not steak. It wasn't lobster or some rich French food. And I've eaten in nice restaurants since then. And I can tell you, no meal has ever been better than that. And I'll tell you what it was. It was spaghetti. And the sauce was basically ragu. I suspect there are reasons for that. I think the original plan was when we had gotten up to Fresno, we were going to go out to dinner. So I don't want to say something bad about my aunt. She made us an amazing dinner. Perhaps she had to go out to the store to get things to make for us because she not only had to make dinner, but then she had to go down to Delano and pick us up and bring us back. So she went through a lot, but essentially it was the equivalent of ragu spaghetti sauce. And it didn't matter. It was the best meal that I've ever had in my life. And I can tell you, since then, I've thought about that meal so many times. And I've wished that I could recreate the experience and that intense gratitude I had at the time for eating that food. But I've never come close to having that experience. And that brings me to perspective number three. Consider the alternative. I think in that moment, the reason why that meal was so incredible was I was intensely, insanely grateful to be alive. I mean, the alternative was what that doctor who treated us said. The alternative could have been that we didn't survive that. And I don't want to dwell on the negative. I don't go around saying things like, well, at least I'm not dead. I don't say things could have been worse. So I don't want to suggest that when I say consider the alternative, that my point is that you should always imagine the worst thing that could have happened and be like, well, at least it's not that worst thing. I'm not saying that at all. But when you consider any kind of alternative to what you're currently experiencing, even if it's a little bit less ideal, it's easier to be grateful for wherever you are. So when you consider the alternative, it's much easier to be happy wherever you are. And that's a huge perspective for me that I try and take through life. And that night I was so filled with gratitude. I remember getting into bed and crying, I think in part because of just the release of all of the stress that had happened, of everything that we had gone through. And you know, when you're in a situation where you are going through something stressful, a lot of what you do in the moment is just 
you do what you need to. The adrenaline is carrying you forward and you do what you need to. So when we're in the hospital, we're trying to gather whatever information we're trying to heal. When we get to Fresno, we have dinner. So literally lying in bed was the first time where I could just exhale and not have to do anything. And I remember crying so much and it was because I was grateful and I just lay in bed and cried because I was so happy to be alive. So I will always remember that day and the three perspectives that I picked up as a result of living that experience. The first one, consider if it matters. You know, for me, that t-shirt, not a big deal, not in the big picture. The second, consider the big picture. That little scratch in the car, Again, not a big deal. And finally, consider the alternative. I was alive. So any meal, ragu spaghetti sauce, it didn't matter. That was the best food I've ever had in my life. There's two quotes that I want to leave you with on the idea of perspective. Dr. Wayne Dyer said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I'll say that again. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. What I get from this is that if I put my focus and attention on, say, things that make me happy, then I'm going to see more things that make me happy. It's a matter of where do you put your attention and what do you see as a result? What do you get more of as a result? The second quote is from Oprah, who said, the smallest change in perspective can transform a life. She then asks, what tiny adjustment might turn your world around? What tiny adjustment might turn your world around? I love the idea that she's sharing here of a small change in perspective, a tiny adjustment. We think Sometimes the changes we make have to be huge to be impactful. It's got to be something massive that we do in order to have a massive impact. And what she is sharing here is they don't have to be huge. They don't have to be big things. This reminds us that tiny changes can transform your life too. For me, tiny as in a jar of ragu spaghetti sauce. Well, last week I mentioned that I had an exciting announcement to make, and here it is. My new website is up and running. You can find my podcast episodes there, and in time I'll be adding more features to the site, including how you can work with me. But for now, thorchalgren.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes, is where you can go. You can click on podcast for the page with all of the episodes. And anything that has to do with the podcast will be there, including when I have them, transcripts of all the episodes. I so much appreciate you for listening today and going on this little road trip with me on this journey. I look forward to speaking with you next time. All right. Thanks for listening to the Course Change Podcast. If you like this episode, I would be incredibly grateful to you if you jump over to the Apple Podcasts app and leave a five-star written review. This one simple act will help others find the show and build a community of people who support each other. You can always find me on Instagram 
at Thor Chalgren. Send me a DM and let me know what you thought. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, here's to your success. 